Should we start our podcast? Are we starting now? Let's start the podcast right now. Okay. Ready? Go. All right, listeners. Here's what's going to happen. We're in the end game now. That's right. We're in the end game. This is your Mott's Fam update. We have not seen any new supporters or comments recently, so I don't. We don't have anyone moving up the 3D triangle. We're going to get right to the the meat. That's right. We're getting right to the meat. So we're actually going to be able to give you a heads up about what we're talking about the next three episodes. This is never before done on Mott's. We are so prepared. That's right. So we're going to talk about X Men movies today, and not just one. Mm. But the three OGs X-Men movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk about Endgame because I finally saw it. Finally saw it over the weekend. And then uh, we might talk about it again with uh, some people. You might see the next episodes be slightly shorter. Many of you may appreciate that. Some of you may wish they were longer. Honestly, Nate and I, uh, we, we do what we want. Let's be real. We are our own boss. That's right. Nate wears the gauntlet. I have the... the... <laughs> wait, what just happened? Look around you. Look around you. <laughs> wait, so I, Nate, wait, I have an endgame question. Before. I know we're not doing endgame right now, but I we're have... Not, okay, I know, okay, we're fine, not doing it. This is X-Men, but I have a quick question for you. Okay, yeah, go ahead. If someone were to snap their fingers and take away something from your life that wasn't a person, it was a physical object, what would be the most sad something that someone could dust away from your life. That's not a person? Do not say your house. So a sad thing that's that's not a person. Not a person. I'm talking like one of your possessions, they just <sighs> dusted away. Listen, here's the thing, Nate. I used to be very attached to things, have an emotional attachment to things. Since having children and so many things are in my house, broken. I almost <laughs> I almost wish they would all wisp away <laughs> and I will <laughs> gladly start from scratch. But if I had to choose an object, not a person, and I'm not, I'm not going to include like wedding-related paraphernalia, my trumpet that I rarely play, unfortunately, but has been with me for, let's see, that was, so probably about 19 years. I've had that trumpet for 19 years. Wow. It had brought me through high school, through college, played many of things with it, met my wife playing that trumpet. And uh, I've, you know, hoped to get back to it again one day, but, but the trumpet would be the one object I still have an attachment to. Great answer. Thank you. What about you? Did you have a thing in your mind? Well, Stephen, if it, it probably doesn't surprise you that I'm not great at backing up my technology. Mm-hmm, right. I, I assume you are. So I immediately, as I looked at my computer, I thought, man, if my computer went away right now, uh, there's a lot of stuff on there I need to back up. It's actually, um, uh, for those out there listening, it's just back up your your files. Because if Thanos dusts away your computer. Do you not use Dropbox? I think I have too much. Mm. And I would have to pay for things on Dropbox. I have an external drive I need to I kind of do my thing with. Uh, but as far as like sentimental things, that would be more of a super inconvenient thing for my life. But I would say... <laughs> I don't really have a great answer to this question. You had such a better... Well, you know, this goes back to our discussion about the ephemeral nature of chalk art. And you, like Thanos, would just love to see it all wisp away. And it's that temporariness that brings it uh, its value. The temporal nature. Thank you. Absolutely. Temporariness, yes. Speaking of temporary, Hugh Jackman was only temporary Wolverine. That was a terrible segue, but I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> 
it's this he played Wolverine for so long that as far as all roles in the history of Hollywood, it might be one of the least temporary roles. So we're talking about the X-Men movies today, and not one, but the three originals. And I was I was in my mind trying to break down all the X-Men movies in my head. You got the first mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. But then you have those weird in-between ones. You have X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. You have isn't there another one called like The Wolverine? Yes. When he goes to Japan. Also Hugh Jackman. Right, the Japan one. And then you have the Logan movie, which I guess is almost the third in that trilogy, but it's not really a trilogy because they none of them relate, as far as I could tell. Right. And then you have the new the new blood, first class, days of future past, and apocalypse. We all know how we all think about this. I I, I want to ask you though right now before I forget. It probably should be for later, but right now, which is worse, X-Men The Last Stand or X-Men Apocalypse? Ooh. I'll be honest, I liked Apocalypse less than first than Last Stand. I agree with you, I think. I think I think <laughs> the makeup on the Apocalypse guy, that's rough. That's a rough one. I remember seeing like here's a fan version of what Apocalypse could look like. And here's what he actually looks like in the movie. And it's sort of like Sonic's design in the recent trailers. They should have just gone back Oof. and said, we're going to redesign this character. So sorry about this. Yeah. the His character as a whole, they tried having that Thanos, like the character thinks he's doing mm-hmm. something good mm-hmm. for the universe. And like, I just didn't buy the character. I didn't buy it. And it's a shame because I like the x-men in the movie i think sure you know i still like magneto and professor x but the villain was just so bad it just i couldn't appreciate it yep i'm with you all right well let's talk about the original trilogy i think it's fair to call it a trilogy yes but we have the original the original x-men came out in 2000 2000 19 years ago squarely in your rose-colored glasses yes but but the rotten tomatoes 81-83 split for that very first Mm -hmm. X-Men. Both critics and audience like it. X-Men 2, even higher at 85-85. Maybe you don't know this offhand. I definitely don't. But what is the uh, timing between the original X-Men and uh, the Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire? Are these about the same times? I guarantee you it's about the same. I think the first Spider-Man was in the 90... No, 2002. Two years after. Is this... Would this be considered like the beginning of the modern superhero movie? Like the popular blockbuster superhero movie? Is 2000 X-Men the godfather? I feel like that is accurate. I, You know, obviously there were the older Superman movies... And the old Batman movies, you know, you had Batman, like the Michael Keaton Batman, obviously in the eighties, there were some nineties Superman. No, that's a lie. Superman returns was 2006, that newish one. So Mm. I feel like unless you count the crazy, like Batman returns, Batman Batman forever, forever, they were in mid nineties, but I want to say like those they were kind of on the downslope so much and whatever the one yeah. was with uh, George Clooney with the nipples in the bat suit, <laughs> it was all like yes. so farcical. Yes. yes. And I think it's, no one took them serious yeah. anymore. I agree. And I think it's fair to say that the first X-Men movie might've been the first one where superpowers. And I define that as like a non Batman 
like even Mr. Freeze, you know, it's there's special effects, but I feel like when it comes to like superpowers, Marvel Universe, like this is the beginning. And I think that's fair. To, I think the Marvel Universe, it's fair to say, like this was the I think the first Marvel character movie because it's just Batman and Superman before that. There were the old Hulk things. Oh, when was the Eric Bana the Eric Bana Hulk? Was that late nineties? Hulk with Eric Bana was two thousand three. So still okay. after okay. after the original X Men. It's like watching us do research live. Let me That's show right. you what I'm reading at the at this very moment, and that is which I feel like kind of sings to what I was saying earlier. It says X Men is highly regarded as the movie that kick started the modern superhero genre. But people seem to forget about a little movie starring Wesley Snipes that predates mm. X-Men by two years called A Blade. Now, wait a minute. Was Blade a comic book character? I think so. Uh, was it Marvel? Oh, also, Wesley Snipes was in talks to portray Black Panther in a film in 1992. Blade is a Marvel c- character. Okay. Well, anyway. even so, I, I'm, I'm in agreement that the narrative for superhero movies really took off in the year 2000 with this original X-Men movie. I feel like it was a proof of yep. concept for the superhero movies going forward. So, yes. Absolutely. I agree. I'm down. X-Men 2, even better, 85-85 Rotten Tomatoes. And then we had the third semi-tragic X-Men The Last Stand, mm-hmm. 58 critic score, 61 audience score. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should talk about The Last Stand in a moment. We should. But I would love to hear what your experience was like watching that first X-Men movie and seeing those characters in real life. Okay. So Blade came out in 98, was rated R. So I wasn't seeing that. Right. Unavailable. That's for sure. So when X-Men came out in 2000, I remember it getting some buzz. I don't think I watched it in theaters. So I was in 2000, I was 12. So I was right on, I think it was a PG-13 and in my home it was a pretty hard like, you're not watching PG-13 movies before you're 13. That's what right. I feel right. inside. Yep. But there were friends that were super getting into it. Uh, there were some, there were X-Men um, action figures that were kind of uh, popular around the time. I remember those kind of coming back into vogue. I remember watching this movie and loving it. Yes. But also being a little scared at different times. For example, the <laughs> Toad Man. Yeah, he was weird. <laughs> he was a little weird of a dude, but overall, I loved it a lot. Yes. I also feel like the casting for those roles, Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, with those three playing the roles they did, I feel like you couldn't make a terrible movie. Like They were just so good, mm-hmm. and I think embodied, a la Robert Downey Jr. to Iron Man, those three, again, I think are those characters for that time, definitely. Absolutely. Why do you ask questions to which you already know the answers? Don't give up on the Merrick. What would you have me do, Charles? I've heard these arguments before. So the, the first one comes out, and I, whether I saw it a couple years later, I, by the time X2 rolls around in 2003, I'm definitely seeing that in the movie theater. Now let me ask you, did your... Maybe parents have any thoughts about Mystique's wardrobe? Mm, yes, <laughs> I think so. I don't remember specifically, but I remember that being a, uh, that was definitely brought up at some point in time. Maybe I repressed that conversation. Yes, that was a problematic 
part of the movie <laughs> for sure. Even going back, I think I watched some of them with my wife and she was like, Ugh. so she's basically naked this entire so movie. Yeah. So this is body pain, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That aside, <laughs> the scenes between Magneto and Professor X were always wonderful. The train station scene in that first X-Men. Awesome. When Magneto takes all the guns from the cops and shoots them all, but then stops the bullets like so great. You homo sapiens and your guns. Great use of powers in this movie. I remember the scene when Wolverine is having a nightmare. Rogue goes over to him and he wakes up and stabs her. Oh man, yes. And then she touches his face to take his healing power for a moment like that. So cool, the different powers and how they played him into that movie. Storm was awesome in these movies. I would say that in general, Storm's character gets like better and better as she like yeah becomes sort of as a leader yeah yeah you would say that she becomes a i mean she runs the school later on right right oh that's true exactly if you recall one of her famous lines uh, do you want to know what happens to a frog when it gets hit by lightning same thing that happens to everything else i mean i have seen these movies many many times like usually yes. i like to refresh and watch the movie we're going to talk about no need no need for these. No. These are ingrained into my mind. I remember the one image that was so crazy when it first happened was Wolverine's middle claw slowly coming out of his hand in that bar fight and just like freaking out as a teenager like this. This is incredible. What was your exposure to X-Men before the movie? Did you like play with the action figures? Did you read the comics? What was the... Uh, didn't read any of the comics. I believe there was a TV show. Um, yes, I watched 90s. the TV show. I did watch some of that. Um, not a ton of it, so I was still a little unfamiliar, but like I knew the big players. Like I knew Wolverine. Right. I knew Storm, um, Professor X, but that's about it. Like I don't think I knew anything about Magneto, really, or uh, Phoenix, or Jean Grey. Right. I think I knew Cyclops too. Yeah, Cyclops. I had the action figures for some reason. And I think my biggest exposure to it was the arcade game X-Men that was at the local fun center, which we discussed on an episode recently. Was it, is it a Street Fighter-esque kind of game or were you actually like going through? and? It was a side-scrolling 2D okay. adventure type game. Oh, maybe I did know of this. Yes. Yes. And I always remember I always chose either Colossus or Nightcrawler. Those are the two mm -hmm. standout characters for me. There's got to be some sort of way that we can play this just like on our Macs these days, right? There's got to be like a little... Yeah, there's a way to, to get it. So we can actually hit all three of these movies. Nate, how would you rate the first X-Men movie from zero to five Logan dog tags? Mm, okay. I'm going to give the first one three and a half. Yep. It was very solid. It was the start. Effects in this one, probably not as great as I remembered. But they played them well. You know, they didn't overuse exactly. them. You know, so. And they weren't relying on them too heavily, I feel like. Right. Also, right. The, I mean, this will go through the whole thing. Magneto, Ian McKellen as like an older guy. Yes. But like super powerful. Yes. Really cool concept. Yes. Well, right before you said 3.5, I literally had that in my head as well. And so I will agree with you, 3.5, especially in light of the next movie. X2. Colon. Colon. Was it X-Men United? X-Men United. <laughs> right. X2. Yeah, colon X-Men United. So this one, 
I think is one of those rare instances where the sequel was maybe objectively better. At least the critics agree. I think better than the first. Okay, well, this is at the point where I feel like it's actually not too uncommon for that first sequel to be better. Mm, I see. I feel like that's the same thing with like Spider-Man. Oh, that's true. There are a couple of sequels that I, I like better than the original. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Well, the one standout thing is the way this movie opens with an X-Men that was not in the first movie was that White House Nightcrawler scene. Such a good scene. That scene is incredible. I can still hear the scene and see the scene. It was just awesome. Everything about that was great. Absolutely. After that, movie could have bombed. It still would have been one of my favorites. It was, <laughs> that one scene was is amazing. But I like the addition of more X-Men in the school. You got the fire and ice guys. Mm-hmm. They're doing stuff. And even the storyline leading to the Alkali Lake and Wolverine's origins. It was a cool story. What did you think about the the bad lady who had the metal like fingernail claws? I feel like I remember the first time I watched that scene and saw those claws come out of her nails, I might have had to take a break because it was just too exciting. <laughs> like, this is amazing and they're about to fight. You short-circuited. I did. Like, And I think that fight scene was pretty great, honestly. I, the way both of them are fighting it and the way she dies in that scene, pretty epic, I think. How did you feel about it? Were you not crazy about it? I wasn't. I wasn't not crazy, crazy about her. <laughs> no, I wasn't. But I was a big fan of William Stryker. Yes. I think this, him as a bad guy was very good. Yes, he was very good. Very, very punchable. A very punchable face. Yes. And when he infiltrates the, the school, you really dislike him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does a great job of make, making himself hate, hated. Well, one of my other favorite parts of this movie was the mind battle between professor x and striker's son and the way striker sets up the story of his son and the terrible images that he would project in people's minds and watching him professor x go at it was pretty exciting william you wanted me to cure your son but mutation is not a disease you're lying and that's the one where uh, remind me correctly the x2 is when they try to wheel him in there, the, the son of Stryker, to try to focus on all of the mutants and kill them all, basically, right? Well, what happens is they trick Professor X into thinking that he needs to do it. Right. And the son is it's like as a little, little girl, girl in his mind, and right? right and, and the little girl is telling Professor X to do this thing. Is it time to find our friends? All of them. All of them. All of the mutants. All the mutants? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, just that whole scene. They built that Cerebro and everything. And yeah, it was just really cool. Well, and then Magneto uses, flips it on him and tries to flip it so that he's focusing on all of the humans. Right. And to exterminate all of them. This, exactly. Okay, I'm going to go in a little bit. Just, I think this movie and one of the best parts of last stand is that it tackles i don't know i don't know it's a lot of different issues you could kind of tack on there it's these two differing groups and sort of the hatred and distrust between them that it, i guess you could apply to either religious groups or race or uh, orientation all sorts of things it yeah. it deals with these very serious things but in mutants and uh, non-mutants right. in a way that like 
it doesn't put anyone on guard. This movie has a great job of addressing issues without making anyone defensive because there aren't actually right. mutants with uh, teleportation powers. I thought that's a fun way to handle it. Yeah, and I think that's that's a line even through the comics and the TV shows that the mutant-human relations, and I think it is a good illustration, you know, and you can talk about things and hopefully make sure people make the connection, but it doesn't have to feel heavy-handed. Sure. Because you're not talking about, you know, real things. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's interesting. Right. If, if you don't want to think about it, you can kind of just enjoy the superhero aspect of it. But if you wanted to right. go in deep about, like, Hey, when when one group wants to exterminate the other, and then do you respond by wanting to exterminate the group that wants to exterminate you? And yeah, exactly, right. right. You would never uh, go into it being like, "I want to watch a movie that's an allegory for for genocide," right? Which I think the X Men Three with the Cure does a good job of creating that undertone of if it can be, does it need to be fixed? Quote unquote. Does exactly. being a mutant need to be fixed? And if it can be fixed, is it okay to not want to be fixed mm-hmm. and those those understands like those are very good yep. parallels but before we get to x3 okay x-men 2 it's actually an emotional ending where jean gray gets you know she's holding the waters back as the jet rises and then she seemingly dies at the end of that movie of course we see the the foreshadowing of the phoenix in the water right but uh, i thought that was a it was a powerful ending and, the rocks and it was floating don't they float a little bit at the end or no, no, the the rocks float at the beginning of X Men Three. Oh, okay, sorry. When Cyclops uh, goes to see Jean Grey. Got it, got it. But yeah, yeah. So it's a good ending. But before we go to X Three, let's rate. Or do you have another thought? Yes, I do. I have a question oh, for go, you. Go, go, go. Yes, question, question. Jean Grey, Wolverine, Romance Corner. Mm, romance Steven Triangle. <laughs> romance Triangle. Yeah, give me Jean Grey and Wolverine, and give me Jean Grey and. Cyclops, whose name is Scott Summers. Girls flirt with a dangerous guy, Logan. You don't take him home. You married a good guy. I could be the good guy. Logan, the good guy sticks around. So, obviously, she was in a relationship with Scott Summers. Mm -hmm. A perfectly nice guy. If? Sure. Perfectly nice guy. Never married. Obviously, he's the good guy. Uh, The stable... uh, father figure mm-hmm. you know future father figure maybe wolverine's obviously the wild card bad guy mm-hmm. and she's attracted to both for both reasons and it's one of those triangles where i believe her both ways <laughs> that she's attracted to both that she's conflicted about both who were you rooting for can you remember your thoughts of who you wanted her to be with wolverine uh, absolutely because you see yourself as kind of the bad the, the bad boy me and the emperor yeah and so you really saw I see myself as the, as the bad guy. Character. <laughs> yeah, me who just sung West Side Story in front of an orchestra. I'm a real rebel. Steven, have you ever owned a leather jacket? I do. I still own one. Yes. Do you wear it routinely? I, mean, I live in Florida, remember. I, oh, I wore it many times in New York, for sure. Oh, man. But I would not characterize myself as rebellious. Let's put it that way. Okay. I, I, I don't think I could compare myself to the Wolverine. I went through a season, I believe, probably my senior year of high school when I did mm. not, I owned not one, but two leather jackets. Two. None of them, I think, were real leather. The pleather, right. The pleather. For sure. I feel like in order to consider yourself Wolverine, you would have to at one point have packed a small bag, walk out the front door, look behind you at your family and say, I'll see you later. 
without any plan of where you're going. Exactly. I feel like you you would have to have done that at least once to consider With just yourself. a tank top underneath my leather jacket. <laughs> That's right, and a cigarette in your other hand. Exactly. You, yeah. So no, I'm. But I was rooting for Wolverine. What about you? I was always kind of, to be honest, I was kind of rooting for Cyclops throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I get it. I don't think I ever like the romance, like the whole Jean Grey Wolverine. Never felt like it was founded on anything except like sexual tension. <laughs> so I was always like, I guess I. <laughs> like I guess the whole uh, Wolverine actually does have like a really caring part for her so i guess yeah there are some redeeming parts of it but i was always kind of a cyclops fan because i feel like well he was they were kind of dating first and he seemed fine yeah but i i enjoy the triangle throughout all the movies sure. i think very they, they did a good job yeah gets very interesting when we get into x3 okay so that's right let's, let's rate x2 x2 colon x dash men uh united <laughs> how would you rate it on a scale of zero to five Nightcrawler daggers, the dagger that he sticks into the desk at the Oval Office in that first scene. I'm going to rate it four out of five daggers. Mm. It, is, it is better than the first. I feel like in light of other X-Men movies in this universe with some of these same characters, I, I want to leave a little room in the future. So I will say four daggers. I am exactly with you. All right. I'm giving it I'm giving it 4. We are in lockstep. Let's see as we move to X3. Now, rose-colored glasses would have me see this movie as on par at least with the other X-Men like the 1 and 2. But I understand it is not. Mm. I still enjoy watching it. It's still fun to see all these different X-Men use their different powers and the idea that this cure might strip them of their powers in the middle of a fight and they use plastic guns because they know Magneto is there and yeah, I, all that is fun. Mm-hmm. But there are still just unforgivable things in this movie. Juggernaut, which was one of the characters I was most excited to see from the cartoons and such, was mm-hmm. a little disappointing in this movie. Sure. Don't you know who I am? I'm the Juggernaut! But it also had some redeeming moments. Like when Mystique gets hit by a cure to protect Magneto and he looks at her as a human now and just leaves her. That's pretty heavy. Yes. You're no longer one of us. Right. I have something to say. I'm looking through the photos of this movie at this exact moment. Yes. And I have to say, it's not that bad. This movie is not that bad. Yep. It's actually, it's got some very fun Fun moments. I will go out on, a, out on a limb and agree. I would not think this is as bad as the critics say. Because you still have Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. You have that crazy scene when Jean Grey is destroying that house and he, Patrick Stewart's trying to stop her and Patrick Stewart like whisks away like Thanos. Don't let it control you. Yes. Yes. You have... Um, Ellen Page playing Kitty, who can like get the, the kid through the the walls. Right, and she's in the later. She's in Days of Future Past, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You have the guy who has the wings and a very rough scene of the little kid trying right. to cut off his wings. Oof, that is tough. And his dad like wanting him to get like so badly wanting him to get quote unquote fixed. Uh, the Archangel character was a fun one. Like I had the action figure as a kid, and I was looking forward to that 
character in this movie and he does nothing. He just jumps out the window and flies away. So I thought Storm's haircut was baller in this one, the shorter hair. We have the beast guy played by right. what's uh, Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's his real name? What's Fra- what's Fraser's name? Um The guy who plays Beast in X Men Three. I'm talking to Matt and Jared now. They are preparing for our next episode. Oh, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Nate got it. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, he's in it. I liked him as Beast. He was fun. And like they had more mutants in this movie. I love seeing uh, going back to the days of future past. I love seeing mutants I hadn't seen before. So it's got like the guy who like had the spikes coming out of him. Right. Right. Everywhere. Yeah. The fire and ice guy do their standoff. Yes. Ice guy wins. It's fun. Mystique had that really cool scene where she's handcuffed and she jumps out of her chair and like, puts her right like her right. her chains underneath jumps over her own feet to like attack the like a senator guy yeah still naked she's still naked in this movie too but yeah it's unfortunate yeah it's but it's you see it i think maybe after the first movie you just get like oh that's pretty normal there's just something about like i've been desensitized to it and go like oh okay that's just mystique so just just for the record and for jill's information you're saying that mystique normalized nudity you good with that <laughs> uh put that on my okay my tombstone <laughs> i'll put that in show notes i'll just quote you all right let's rate x3 on a scale of zero to five cure vials the thing that they shoot at all the x-men mm-hmm. to strip them of their powers how would you rate x3 saying it's not that bad okay well first of all while looking at this i noticed that it's no longer called x3 it's x-men colon the last stand probably to avoid a triple x uh sort of doing mm, to this movie. right Vin Diesel already took that name. Exactly. Uh, but I'm going to give X-Men The Last Stand two and a half. Wait, what are we rating it? Two and a half what? The uh, Cures. We'll say two and a half Cures. Cure Vials. Cures. Yes. Two and a half. The worst part of this movie, in my opinion, is Phoenix. Jean Grey. I know that's crazy to say. I liked all the peripheral yeah. things. I liked the whole, like, they're fighting. the, the, la- the He takes... Magneto takes the Golden Gate Bridge and like moves it to go towards Alcatraz. Yes. Super cool. I'm down for all of it. I never yes. got on board the whole Jean Grey as Phoenix sort of thing. I, he, she's never been someone who resonated with me at all. I'm not super excited for the new movie. I know you and my brother yeah. think differently about this. Well, I did see the, the extended trailer before Endgame. Was it a trailer for you yes. when you watched it also? And did they do the weird like two trailer thing where they almost did like an X-Men montage teaser? No. I, I watched it with Seth and Nerva and they looked at me like, did we just watch two trailers for the same movie? And they do this weird Dark Phoenix and old X-Men movie mashup. Oh, no. Teaser trailer. They must have known you were in, in, in the house. Yeah, that's, <laughs> they played especially for me. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to hold my opinion until the movie actually comes out and we see it. Okay. Two and a half for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you as well. Two and a half for X three, the cure. <laughs> two and a two and a half cures. No, that's not what I meant to say, but it was a Freudian <laughs> slip. So I'm good with that. All right. Nate, I have I have people appearing in front of me. Multiple people. This is gonna be a teaser for the next episode because we're gonna have a panel discussion. It's gonna be great. Yes. Uh, but real quick, we didn't prepare a top five for today. But I would like to hear maybe your top three X Men characters. Perfect. And they have to have been in these movies. They had to have been in these. Yes. I'm ready. You're already ready. You're ready to go. 
it's I I can go down the list rather than up the list. I feel like. Okay, well, go ahead. Give me a three. I'm going to go number one, Nightcrawler. Yes. I don't need to say anything more. He is great and all. Yeah, we've. Yes. We're all. Everyone knows our love for Nightcrawler. Which I did see. I think he's going to be in the new Dark Phoenix movie. I feel like I saw him in the teaser. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with Storm as my number two. Super powerful, underutilized in the movies as far as power, mm. but as a character and the controlling weather thing. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Interesting. Okay. I am going to go with. This is going to be a little crazy. Yes. But I'm going to go with Kitty Pride as my number three, the moving through walls person. I had a feeling. I had a feeling you were going to do that. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, just see myself as like, man, what would I want to have? What powers would I want? Right. And besides looking blue and being a nightcrawler, all of those powers are excellent. I'm also going to say my least favorite. Oh. Is going to be Rogue. All things Rogue. Your least favorite. Yes. Wow. I can't stand rogue is a harsh phrase. Don't cut that out of context. But <laughs> I have no no use for rogue in this world. Oh my. Those are strong feelings on rogue. Okay. Yeah. I just don't I don't meh. Meh. That's fine. Mystique's cool too, but I was afraid to put her in my top three because I'm afraid you'd make fun of me. And then you're gonna put Mystique you, in I your top three? She was, <laughs> she was in body no, 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 no. I don't say that. No, no. All right, go for it. Um, this is a little weird because I'm doing my top three with an audience, a live studio audience. So they can judge you what you think about the X-Men. They can't hear you. Yeah, you can cheer or jeer. That's totally fine. So Josh, uh, you've not met Josh, Nate, but he has strong feelings on Rogue, he says. Nate said Rogue was his least favorite. You agree? Oh, you have, you have, an, agree, you have an agreement. Yes. Okay, well, anyway. In the cartoon, does she like fly and do crazy stuff? Yeah, she's a, she's a parasite. She's a leech of power. <laughs> They called her a parasite and a leech. Well, real quick, I'm going to go down. I'm struggling here. I'm going to go Nightcrawler. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to go Professor X as number two. Yes. Whenever I played StarCraft back in high school, I was always uh, Professor X. That was my screen name. And then <laughs> <laughs> it was better than my AIM screen name. You have yeah, to go absolutely. back and listen to that episode for that. I love that I'm building a, really building a nickname, a word bank yes, for you. Yes, there is. And for my third one, I'm, I'm torn between Wolverine and Magneto. I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, so I'm, I skew that way for these movies. But I also love Ian McKellen and Magneto as a whole. <sighs> I can't decide. I'm going to leave them both. Will you allow it? No. You will not allow it? <laughs> no. <laughs> put, I'll, I'll, let you put, I'll let you extend your list to four. All right, I'll put Wolverine as three and Magneto as four. Okay. I'll do that because I, I really like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Anyway, okay. There's so much. There's so much commotion on. We're going to set up. Let's do it. We're going to set up for a panel discussion, and I will call you back. Okay. Very good. Give us. Give us five minutes. Okay. Bye. It's a juggernaut.